Welcome to the WTF Show podcast from Bangkok, Thailand, presented by Vimal Kogar. Tune in to get your dose of weekly verbal Red Bull. Hey, 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 one and all, welcome to the WTF Show with Vimal Kogar. I am your host, Vimal Kogar, and I have Prem with me. Welcome to the show, Prem. Thank you for having me here. Uh, Prem, tell me a little bit about your past. Yeah, so uh, born here, born in Thailand, uh, studied here, and then I went to New Zealand, did my undergraduate there, and lived in New Zealand for up to 14 years. Just moved back to Thailand two and a half years ago. So now I've been here uh, yeah, for two and a half in my entrepreneurial skills, uh, entrepreneurial journey. But yeah, back here. So 14 years in New Zealand. So I, I, am, I to, uh, am I right to say you were in university for 14 years? <laughs> no, not in university. Uh, I did uni from 2004 and 2007. But after that, I came back for a year. I didn't think so this would be a good time to come back to Thailand. I stayed only for a year in Thailand, got married and went back to New Zealand. And then I started settling down over there. It was started all over from the during the time of global, global financial crisis. So I went back there. So it was starting back all over again, trying to settle down over did there. You, did you work for somebody or did you have your own business? No, no, I didn't. I actually, uh, I was graduated. So I need to get myself a permanent residence there to be able to live long. I mean, like, you know, as a legit person rather than own work permit only. So I kind of uh, started from working in a gas station after being graduated. So worked from 11 p.m. at night till 7 in the morning for three months. And after that, after I finish my work, I go out and find more jobs that's kind of aligned to my skill set that I can be in the corporate world, like a normal nine to five. That took me nearly two years to get into a corporate world. But so I was working from 11 p.m. till seven in the morning. So you had a you had a sort of a rough, rough, rough uh, beginning, sort of working in a petrol station. And did you did you were, were you working in a restaurant also? What else yeah. were you doing? So in uni times, when I was studying, I worked in a, uh, a restaurant called Great India in Wellington. Okay. And this is where it inspired me about uh, what does a true business owner means? What does a entrepreneur means? Because this person who was the owner of the restaurant, uh, regardless, very successful restaurant, having really high uh, politician kind of people coming to his place uh, to dine. But he was always there. During lunchtime, after, because in New Zealand, the restaurant opens from 11 till 2, then there's a break, then 5 to 11 at night. But he was there during the lunchtime and used to sleep in his restaurant by lining up chairs. And then he was always there ready at 5 p.m. at the open. That taught me how this person who loves his business so much and work hard means. Yeah. So I got to learn from there. Okay, so you graduated, you went, you came back to Bangkok, you got married and you went back to New Zealand. Yes. What did you do after? Yeah, as I said, uh, working in a gas station for three months. Then I started working at the airport uh, as a foreign exchange consultant okay. with Travelex. So my, my, at the gas station, I worked from 11 p.m. till 7 in the morning. When I moved to Travelex at the airport, I worked from 3 in the morning till 11 in the morning. Okay. So three, did you get sorry? Did you get more money by working odd hours? Uh, yes. Uh, graveyard shift used used to get a more higher pay. Uh, or, uh, but then it the pay was like pretty much close to minimum wage. 
but uh, at the same time it was something that you got to pay your rent pay your bills that's what you got to swallow your pride and just go for it till you find the right job for yourself so you can't be sitting at home doing nothing but that's what i chose to do and i went on with whatever i got so obviously moving to travelex was paying pay scale was much higher commission was there but still it was not the corporate job yet but it was getting closer one step closer so what yeah. was the next step the next step i started uh, i worked with travelex for more than a year and then i moved to working as a warehouse fulfillment coordinator with lexus nexus so explain that slowly okay uh, slowly by mean explain the company that's right Yeah so Lexus Nexus were looking out for someone who has an uh who's graduated who knows uh who's tech savvy and who is a quick learner and can come in and help the team to be able to uh like you know uh, do a management of the warehouse coordinate uh doing the stock management and all those stuff so I applied for that job uh Lexus Nexus is a legal research company so they publish a lot of uh legal uh, publishing they do co- a lot of online stuff as well So I got hired there and that was the job that I kind of uh got into a 9 to 5 basic got to work with uh to with the sales team with the warehouse team with the customer service and also got my permanent residency of New Zealand from there. Yeah. Looks like you had a tough uh tough first few years of life because uh, you did the graveyard shift at uh Basically you worked hard for your money you didn't have it you didn't have a lot of money uh coming from from the past No I think so my money was given but uh like my dad did support me first couple of years uh and my aim was to get permanent residence so for me was there was no coming back there was like it's either you got to be here and the rest there's no options Right there there was nothing taking me back I can't go back. I just got to stay here and whatever however route I choose, I have to take whatever chances that I can get. So that my goal was so like you know when people have desire to become something, they want to become something. They know the purpose. This was not the purpose. This was something that I want permanent resident. Right. Although at that point of time it was a purpose. Right. Yeah. So you came back to Bangkok at some point. What made you come back to Bangkok? Uh I was graduated uh that time I, I think so it was also a bit of family thing uh, about I lost my mother uh, a year uh, a year prior to that in 2006 and it was a bit of family uh emotional thing at that time but it was more of like you know kind of that uh, you also realize after you graduated that you won't fit well with the family business because everybody have their own agenda have their own thing and you graduated and you 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 have your own thing to do you have your own uh like you know to prove yourself and also to the others within uh like your father or your brother like that but then born it's a very hard game to play in the family business to prove yourself so you i think so end up going back to new zealand was the right decision to make okay so you went back to new zealand mm-hmm. and uh uh fast forward all these years what do you do now Now uh I mean I spent in New Zealand like 10 years uh from like I mean I started working corporate I became uh very good at the analyzing data so I became very uh pro- became my forte I started improving a lot of business processes started automating a lot of uh business uh like you know their uh data analyzing uh like you know making the data integrity uh 
all those stuff. And I moved back to Thailand and worked with a tour company as a business process analyst. And also had my side business starting off uh, with importing the draft beer devices. And my aim was just like, pretty much like how you said you started. Uh, my aim was just like, I want to do this. I love beer, so I can sell this to myself. I'm sure I'm able to be able to sell to others. So, so am I, just, just to slow it down a little bit, you imported a device that converts bottled beer to draft beer. Yeah, like, like a nitro-style draft beer without using any add-on chemicals, but just using sound wave. Fantastic. Yeah. And uh, uh, can, I, can I have a taste of this beer? Where do you get this beer? Uh, you can buy it from Siam Takashimaya or you can get it from Physiques Thailand Facebook page. Okay, and what's the name of the beer again? Uh, it's, it's not a beer, it's a device. Physique. Oh, it's a device, right. Yeah, it's called Physiques Draft Pour. Uh, say that slowly. Physiques Draft Pour. So okay. it's spelled F-I-Z-Z-I-C-S, Physiques. Physiques. So if I have this machine in my house, I uh, open a bottle, I pour this my beer into this machine and it converts it to a draft. You don't pour it, you just open a chill one, your right. favorite one, whatever you have, whatever you like, and just uh, place it in the machine. And then you just like the tab beer in the bar that you see, the pull the tab handle forward. Right. This right. one, you pull it forward to get the beer and then push it backward to get the microphone head. I and see. that makes it nice, like a draft feeling. Wow. So, yeah, so good time to drink at home. <laughs> Tell me a little bit about your relationship with Thailand. What what do you feel of the people and has it given you a home? Um, I think so. It is, it's like when I went to New Zealand, it was a culture shock for me. So it was me shifting from my Indian Thai to Kiwi style. Now it's like going from Kiwi style back to a... Uh, I think so. It's a very, for me, it's a dilemma, to be honest. Uh, it's like you were brought up in an Indian family in Thailand. You studied in New Zealand. And my head kind of swings around that, hey, should I be a Thai or should I be Indian or should I be that kind of right now? But I think so Thailand has been very welcoming for me because my 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 friends are here, my family members are here, my childhood is here, the younger version of me is here. So that has been calling me since I moved to New Zealand that I have to come back. When, when, why, or da-da-da, when will that happen? Don't know, but it happened. Yeah. I want to know about, so our show, the WTF show with Vimal Kogar is about peer-to-peer support and youth empowerment. So I want to ask you about the challenges you faced as you grew up compared to what young people are facing today. Young pe- people are facing different challenges today, right? They, are, uh, they can't get jobs for one, uh, especially through this pandemic. Mental health is another problem that we are facing in our community. So I want you to try and address some of these problems and try to address directly to the young people out there about what what you think the skill sets that they need, uh, perseverance or, or, or other types of skill sets they need to move towards a better tomorrow. Well, personally, I mean, coming from my own personal journey, I mean, I've been through those dark phases myself. Like, you know, I've been through panic attack, anxiety and all those stuff. Uh, the way I realized that is to uh, your your thoughts and everything that will keep on telling you that, you know, that 
depends. It, it'll keep on telling you maybe something or the other thing that uh, kind of blocking you in a way. But then at the end, it's all about you, you call yourself, got to look inside you and see that who as you are as a person and just ignore all of that and just go hard out to what exactly you want. Ask yourself that question, what exactly do you want? When I was struggling in New Zealand, I was I was not giving, I was not looking at about my family. Uh, I was not uh, looking at my wife. I was not looking at anything at all. All I knew was very clear, crystal clear, that is, I need to get residence over here. Otherwise, there's no way back. So for me, it became, the vision became so clear that whatever I'm going to do, I'm going to get that. So the day in, day out, I was working towards that. Uh, even like when I lost my job last year with, Disco- uh, with Discover, which I was working a travel company, uh, I didn't lose hope then. But then the journey became tough. But all I knew was that, you know what? I'm just going to keep on doing something, started reading books, started evaluating what's their demand out there, and then trying to connect those dots and finding something value add. So I'm a, like, as I said, person who solves problem. I like finding solution. So I try to create that within myself or find those something that can connect people and solve the problem. Uh, problems will come and go. At the end of the day, all you've got to realize is that how much it got you got in yourself, how much you can do it, how how far you're willing to go for it. Uh, and everybody has their own different journey, to be honest. Everybody will have their... Whatever I'm saying right now won't be helpful to anyone as long as you really want to do something for yourself. So as you struggled in your youth and now you see the different sides of the world as you know, you come in and out of jobs and... What advice do you have into the future? Again, I want to talk about I want to talk about what young people mentally need to need to prepare for. Um, I'll give you an example, right? So, some of my relatives, the young people, are in Starbucks's on websites looking for jobs, right? So, there's the gig economy, and there's being employed by somebody else. The gig economy: you're a freelancer, you're a photographer. And people are just having a bloody hard time, to be frank with you, Prem. So um, you come out of the, the, the university and your education has cost your parents 20 million baht for the last 20 years or, 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 or so. And today you come into the, 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 the workforce and you may start, if you're lucky, at 30,000 baht in Thailand. That's a thousand US dollars. You're facing headwinds that you've never imagined. Hotels closing down, restaurants closing down, businesses downsizing, work from home. What advice do you have to the new new generation, the millennials out there who are actually struggling with finding themselves? I think so. It's uh, finding themselves. I think so. It's more about just just it's okay to be honest it's okay that uh things doesn't come easily it's a wonderful stroke of truck uh, uh a luck as the Lai lama said it right so something you don't get it your way is a wonderful stroke of luck you got to be positive about it you just can't be 
negative i think so that negativity is already out there so many people around you that this is not happening this is not happening da 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 i mean i was surrounded by so many people when i was in new zealand that oh i'm not getting my residence i'm not getting this i'm not i'm struggling P- my pr got declined my work permit got declined i was surrounded by these group of people but then i didn't give up all i know that my actually my permanent residency got declined twice the third time i got it so if i would have given up the first time not even willing to go for the second time or given up the second time not even going for the third time i wouldn't have got it so the, you got to keep on trying and you got to keep on knowing that if you, the faster you fail the better it's going to become for you the better you got to know yourself that hey i'm probably this is the good skill set that i have or this something that i have and don't be afraid of picking up any job anything that kind of makes you realize your potential or kind of you might not be able to have any skill set but you're going to gain a lot from it i'm sometime doing such job that i don't even have a clue what i'm doing but i know that if i do it i'm going to get a lot of stuff i'm going to be getting knowledge from it so basically you have a higher learning curve yeah so you become a quick learner too your your the i think so i have jumped from uh, like you know started like as i told alexis nexus alexis nexus legal research i went to fontera in a dairy company and i started from supply chain to distribution centers and i went to construction company from construction i went to utility company my whole idea from them was that i've been analyzing data all of them but i was a very quick learner all i knew that if one year the company didn't have anything exciting for me i'm going to get bored So for me it was like I need to do something very exciting for myself. I I I pick up things quick and I kind of make sure that I give it back quickly and you need to come up with really exciting. For me there's no point staying in someone if I'm not getting anything learning new things. So that's that's how I like that's probably my kind of weakness or in a strength in a way too. Sometimes your weakness can become your strength. Is it th- that's what you have? and but also i kind of now learn from those mistake that some position i could have spent more time i might have become a much a next leader or a next step so those sort of mistakes i did in the past to i realize right now which i for if i would have spent another 6 months 3 months 1 year more i would have been another level but that's okay it's okay to make mistake it's okay to fail and i think so the most you fail the better you are the more successful you are because that's what uh makes you really a good uh entrepreneur if you're telling me that entrepreneur is always about success i highly doubt that yeah tell me so i want to go from your easiest moment in new zealand mm-hmm. sort of your peak your biggest achievement mm-hmm. and i want to i want you to tell me about your lowest moment If, yeah. if you if you don't mind yeah sure sure right so i want the audience to try and appreciate your ups and downs mm-hmm. so my lowest moment was uh living in a one bedroom which has kitchen bathroom everything together so it's pretty much the size of this room so you can imagine a wash basin there about 6 foot by 6 foot yeah so uh um, <laughs> wash basin there kitchen it there and a bathroom opens to a very small one of cubicle and on the other side to another door and i was living in that kind of place for 2 years pretty wow. much 2 wow. years uh and then i was <clears throat> just working a uh, minimum wage graduated had a degree 
some of my friend uh, who stayed on, they they already moved on to a next role already. And it was a global financial crisis time. Everywhere I go, there was a notice board that don't give us your CV. We are already having too many CV to look at. Da da da. So, uh, but then I said, like you know what? Three months without a job, I went on as I said gas station to Trailex, and then when I, I think so, I started seeing progress in myself when I was in Fonterra. Then I started uh, earning uh, quite a good money, and I jumped like at least around about. Uh, Anywhere between twenty to twenty percent each year in salary increase each year, every increments. increments every time, and kind of promoting, uh, getting new position, new position, and then uh, like diversifying to another industry. By the time I left New Zealand, I was in, in probably six figure salary already. So uh, it was it was really working uh, good out for me. I had a beautiful house, everything, but then the whole thing kicked in into me suddenly. What the hell am I doing over here? I'm working nine to five. I'm becoming a machine. I'm racing against traffic every day. Going there, what is it I'm doing? I'm uh, there was this calling in me, and I had my wife, my children. Everybody was fine, cool. But then I had to this this calling was coming. That okay, I want to go back to Thailand. I want to go back. I want to go back, and it, it took me two, at least two to three months, uh, quite a few sleepless nights to convince myself that. Go for it, uh, and then my friend came with this product thing to draft be a device. Uh, I didn't end up doing with him, but I end up doing by myself, and uh, just thought of like, okay, you know what? I'll get the license for Thailand and I'll do it. And I also found a job in Thailand while being in New Zealand itself. Came here for an interview, uh, fly down here, and, and got the job. And then I started doing it. Moved moved the whole family back here. You're very inspirational, Prem. I am so happy to have you as my guest today. Let me quickly, if I may, just address the audience. Sure. Uh, we've just started at WTF, the WTF Daily Show. Yeah. On Mondays, we have the WTF Radio Show with DJ Rico Smith. On Tuesdays, we have the WTF Investing Show with uh, one of our best hosts. Uh, his name is Direk Kanejao, so he explains to you how to invest. Uh, almost all our people are not professionals. We are basically uh, uh, young professionals trying to help each other out. On Wednesdays, we have the WTF Fake It Till You Make It show with Shruti Katari, and she talks about literature and books. I do hope all of you go to YouTube or Google WTF either radio show on Monday, WTF investing show Tuesday, and WTF fake it till you make it show on Wednesday. And we will be rolling out more shows and making our WTF show actually daily. We are talking to new hosts, and we do hope that you come and share and like our page. Now, coming back, uh, Prem, Prem, uh, Firstly, before we go, I'd like to invite you to uh, to introduce a, another guest for the show next time. Mm-hmm. So you are, ha- I'm happy for you to in, to introduce anybody to us who you think can contribute to youth empowerment and peer to peer support in our society. And uh, you're also invited at the end of 2021 to the WTF Youth Awards 
which you will both nominate and vote for youth of the year age 20 to 30 who you believe is a good example for our community sure okay now before we go i'd like to address a little bit about the future now uh, you have an amazing set of skills and you are not shy to tell people about your struggles. I really appreciate that. You're very human. And frankly, you have a halo on top of your head as far as I'm concerned. You really are uh, a representation of the WTF spirit. It's all about what our show is about. Tell me about what your direction is in the future and what you think you want uh, uh, your peers to know about you and the skill sets that you believe are good for the future post-pandemic. Because pre-pandemic, you needed a different type of skill set, maybe perseverance, maybe book knowledge. And post-pandemic, people are changing the way they run restaurants. People are changing the way they run hotels. People are looking for different type of jobs. I want you to talk about the crisis, what you learned from the crisis, and where you see yourself in five years' time. Uh, <clears throat> so currently from the crisis, the biggest thing that I've learned or gained out of it is the the whole aspect called digital transformation, uh, connecting uh, precisely if I go down to a bit of it, it's, it's all about data and how to data can help the business. And that's what I'm pivoting towards uh, my new venture, Digitai, basically, that I'm going to be uh, providing digital transformation consultancy. And also I'm working with a company called Gastrograph AI that uses sensory data set of human and predict the consumer preferences and per perception of a food and beverage product. So basically, uh, if I expand this out, anything from a restaurant, from a hotel, from a textile company, anything, name it, A to Z, whatever business you have, whatever pain point, uh, let's get specific, pain point of the business that you have, how can we collect those Right now, if there is analog business, like offline based, collect those offline data, whatever you can make it out of it, identify those pain points, and how we can digitize that, how we can make process automate, how we can leverage digital transformation and be able to connect to an audience or your customer, not only within your scope, but beyond your scope that you have. So this is going to become the, the next uh Whole, the next transformation in the next five years or within even less than that I see there's going to be a huge amount of job created out there for people who are specialized in the skills uh, especially you're going to bring in your emotional intelligence uh, your EQ capacity your empathy your way of dealing with people how you deal with uh, those and also your able the business acumen and then you this the quick learning stuff of the digital aspect, and you combine all of these three together. You you're gonna be a game changer, I believe. If you have these three things and the business acumen, if you're already having a fundamental digital uh, uh, quick learner that you can learn any software or anything uh, very quickly or analyze the data very quickly, you pretty much can pick up any business. I I I I for myself, uh, as I said, from dairy, from legal research, from construction to utility, from a, to a travel industry, uh, now in a food and beverage CPG. So for me, it's not about uh, that. Oh my God, I'm going to a new industry. For me, it's like, wow, what am I going to learn in this new industry? Because it's all about the data set at the end of the day. That's going to drive the whole business. Being uh, being welcoming with that, embracing the learning and falling in love with the problem 
This is some one quote that I heard in Clubhouse uh, that fall in love with the problem. And if you are already learning continuously, the solutions will just keep on coming in. Yeah. Thank you so much. So as everybody heard from the WTF show today, fall in love with the problem. It is a great pleasure for me, Prem, to have you on the show today. We welcome you to the show soon and again, maybe in the near future. Um, thank you so much. And uh, we hope to see you soon. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me here. TTFN to everybody else on the WTF show. Bye. That's it from the WTF show. Vimal and the team from WTF show would like to thank all our sponsors. Tune in next week for another great gig with people making a difference to your future. For advertising spots, go to the WTF show IG page and get more info or contact Vimal at 6681-616-5987.